Here's something else we can use exponential functions for. It actually has a lot of uses in the real world, believe it or not. We have some data, and we want to find a formula that fits the data. Now, so far, we've done that for linear functions, mostly linear, right? We have two points. We find the equation between the two points, of the line between the two points. We've done some for, for uh, say, quadratic functions, square root functions. But we uh, mostly have done it for linear. But this is a different kind of function. You may, if you're just given data and you don't know what kind of, um, kind of graph it fits, you could always use your calculator and go to the, the regression area in the apps. And you could enter this data for your x's and your y's. And you could do a scatter plot. And you could look at it. Now, we are going to use our calculators to get formulas using that same technique, um, but a little more than just looking. But you could also, if you just have the data, you could say, well, is it linear? If it's linear, that means that your delta y over delta x is going to be constant, right? So if you, if you look at 115 minus 19 over 10, that needs to be the same as 710 minus 115 over 10, which needs to be the same as 4410 minus 710 over 10, because each of these delta x's is 10 each time. So for a constant change in x, we need to have a constant change in y if it's going to be linear, right? Over, up, over, up. We don't have a constant change in y here. Here, it differs by about 100. Here, it differs by about 600. Here, it differs by 4,000, right, almost. So, and I don't even want to talk about this. So it's certainly not linear. Now, when you see this fast growth for a constant change in x, you think exponential, right? That's why people say, oh, it grew exponentially. It went um, into the stratosphere because these y values get really big pretty fast. Now, what we haven't talked about is how do you look at data and know whether or not it fits an exact exponential model, not just something that some guy is saying, hey, it's getting really big really fast. In order to know if it's fitting an exponential functions formula, there is something to look for. And to show you what to look for, I have to use a simpler example, one where we know the formula already. y equals 4 to the x. That's the x in the exponent, a base of 4. For a constant change in x, that's important. What do we have that's consistent from here to here? It's certainly not a constant change in y, right? This is a change of 3. This is a change of 12. This is a change of, what, 48? It's getting bigger and bigger, the delta y, compared to the delta x. So it's not linear. So instead of doing subtraction, why don't we think about how these y values came about? They came about by taking 4 to a power, whatever power x is. So every time you increase your exponent, in this case by 1, you're increasing your y values by a factor of 4. So 1 times 4 is 4. 4 times 4 is 16. 16 times 4 is 64. To get the next one, you would multiply 64 by 4, just similar to what we did with the chess problem. So another way to look at it is the ratio 16 over 4 is the same as the ratio 4 over 1 is the same as the ratio 64 over 16. So if you take the the next y value up divided by the previous y value, let's call that y sub n over y sub n minus 1. 
y3 over y2, y10 over y9. If you take the next y value over the previous y value, if you get a constant ratio, in this case 4, then you know that you have an exponential function. So you have a constant ratio, yn over yn minus 1, that tells you exponential function. And the general formula is y equals b to the x, just like we looked at earlier. But you could also have a coefficient out front. You don't necessarily have to start at y equals 1 when x equals 0. We're going to see some real-life applications also that will show us that. And this previous example maybe will as well. y equals ab to the x is our general formula for an exponential function. I know that I should use that formula if I take one y value over the previous one, and every time I do that, as long as my x values are always changing by the same amount, if my x values always change by the same amount, 1 or 10 or so on, and my ratio yn over yn minus 1, y divided by the previous y, is constant, then I know I've got an exponential function, and I can write the formula for it, y equals ab to the x. So let's go back to the data that's not so simple as 4 to the x is, and let's apply that technique to see if this is exponential. Now I'm going to need my calculator, and in real life often we are going to need a calculator or a spreadsheet, right? Put these in a column and take their differences. It's very easy to do in a spreadsheet. It takes a little more work on a calculator, but it's not so bad. Let's check the ratios of the y values. So 115 over 19, 710 over 115, 4410 over 710, and 27,300 over 4410. Now, if you think of this as like 115 is close to 120 and 19 is close to 20, then 120 over 20 is approximately is equal to 6, right? So this is approximately 6. If you look at this, is this approximately 6? Hmm, I don't know. That's a little harder to do, right? But maybe. And 4,400 over 700? Hmm, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's get our calculators and check. Get out your calculator. Take each of these and divide the one by the previous and see if they give you approximately the same number. Now, in real life, they don't have to be exactly equal these ratios, but they should be relatively close. And then we'll come back and look at them. So did you check on your calculator and get something like this? About 6.05, 6.17, 6.21, 6.19. So, you know, they're not exactly equal, but in real life they're not going to be exactly equal either. So, you know, approximately a ratio of about 6, even to the nearest tenth, we also have you know, 6.2 for every one of these except for the first one. So it's not too bad. Uh, It looks pretty constant to me. So I'm going to say that I think this formula fits, this data fits the formula y equals ab to the x. And now what I'm going to do is try to find out what a and b are because that'll give me a formula. So finding a and b 
is a little different from finding m and x with linear functions. We're going to use a different, um, a different technique. So find a and b. I have to still, like with linear functions, I have to pick two points to use. Now, I can use any two points I want. It would be nice, though, if I used the ones that were the best representation, as, I, as far as I can tell, of the data. It's really easiest to use the first two, but notice their ratio is off a little more from the other two. Maybe if we round, it's not going to make much difference. I'm going to go ahead and use these two points here, 2115 and 3710. So use the points 20, 115 and 30, 710. So two points on the graph that I'm hoping to find the formula for if I were to sketch a graph for those numbers. So I want to use those two. So I know that y1 equals a b to the x1, right? If I call x1 and y1 the coordinates of the first point, then can I replace y1 with 115 and x1 can be replaced with 20? And similarly, y2 equals a times b to the x2. So I could use the coordinates of the other point, 7, 10, equals a, b to the 30th. So now I have these two equations, and I have two variables. So as you may remember from matrices, if you have two variables, you need at least two equations to find out what the variables equal. Now, in this case, though, I can't use my normal techniques for solving for A and B. I, you know, elimination and substitution. I could maybe use substitution on this one, but it's much easier to do another trick instead. We're going to use the fact that the ratio for exponential functions is always constant. So if I take y2 over y1, That's AB to the X2 over AB to the X1. And plugging in my numbers, that means 710 over 115 needs to equal AB to the 30 over AB to the 20. And you can maybe see why I picked the second number to put on top, the second point to put on top and the first point to put on the bottom because then I'll have b to the 30th over b to the 20, which is easier to work with than b to the 20 over b to the 30. So I usually put the larger x value on top and the smaller one on the bottom. So now, this might not look like it helps, but it really does, because now I have 710 over 115. What happens to my a's? They cancel, don't they? And so I have b to the 30th over b to the 20, And remember your rules for exponents? When you have the same base and you're dividing, you can subtract the exponents. So let me change the order of this. b to the 10, b to the 30 minus 20, b to the 10 is 710 over 115. So take a minute and figure out how you're going to find out what b is if b to the 10th is equal to 710 over 115. How do you undo raising to the 10th power? The inverse operation, the 10th root, 710 over 115. 
So the tenth root of 710 over 115, or next step is going to use your calculator, right? So instead, take 710 over 115 and raise to the 1 over 10 power. The 1 over 10th power undo, does the tenth power. See what you get and approximate it to the nearest tenth place. And then come back. Okay, can you pause for a second? I decided to pick those up. So using your calculator, taking the 1 tenth power of 710 over 115, did you get approximately 1.2? That's our base. Our base is approximately 1.2, so I can plug that in. I still need to know A, so I put A back in. 1.2 to the X. I'm halfway there. I did the hardest part, finding the base, 1.2. Now I need to find A. How am I going to do that? I'm going to pick a point that I can plug in for X and Y. And I'm hesitating because I'm trying to think of which one would be the easiest one. Usually the easiest one is the first one. But technically, I'll uh, stick with the ones that I use. So I'm going to use the Y equals 115 and the X equals 20. So, So A times 1.2 to the 20th power needs to equal 115. So I'm going to take 115 and I'm going to divide by 1.2 to the 20th power and that's going to be my A. So I need my calculator to figure out what this is. Go ahead and pause, find it yourself, and come back. All right, so I get that A is approximately equal to 3. So that tells me that my function is Y equals 3 times 1.2 to the X power. Now you can take this formula and plug it into your graphing calculator and sketch a graph of it, although I can tell you right away that your y-intercept is going to be the point 0, 3. How did I do that so fast? If x is 0, 1.2 to the 0 is still equal to 1, right? So we have 1 times 3 is 3. So this has a y-intercept of 0, 3, and then it grows after that at a rate of 20%, actually, The 20% comes from the fact that B equals 1.2. If it grew, if it had a base of 1, then it wouldn't grow at all, right? It would be 1 to the X would always just be a flat line. And whatever decimal is added to the 1, or fraction if you like, that's the percent growth of the function. We're going to see some more examples of that. But I can tell you that this is growing by 20%, because each time you're taking 120% of the previous previous y value when you raise to the x power. So anyway, it's growing at a rate of about 20%. And then it's got this factor of 3, which stretches it some. But the most, the most, dominant, the most dominant part of the formula is this 1.2 as your base. Remember all those different bases to the x power that we graphed? And then the graph technically goes to the left. But for this function, they didn't give us any negative values for x. If this is the real world, we might not have any negative values for x. We might also not even have any values of 0 for x. Go ahead and double check if you do this on your calculator. Graph y equals 3 parentheses 1.2 to the x power. It looks like this. On your calculator, use the little caret key and then the x to show exponential functions for your y1 or y2 or whatever it is you're using. 3 times 1.2 to the x power. And then do an evaluate sort of thing under math. Pick values of x equals 10, x equals 20, 30, 
and so on, and see if the y values are close to the ones that were given to you. They probably won't be exact. They might even be off by, you know, as much as 10, depending on, you know, where you are. But when you look at the relative to the kinds of y values you're looking at, they get pretty big, then being off by 10 is, is you know, okay sometimes. But you generally want to get the gist that your points on the graph are similar to the points you were given in the original problem, which over here was data. Realistic kind of data isn't going to be perfect, and your model isn't going to be perfect. Just like with linear regression, it wasn't a perfect fit, but it was as close as possible. So we have a pretty good fit for this, because honestly, I made up a formula, and then I made up the data, and then I I generated the data on the table of my calculator, then I rounded here and there to make it a little easier. But the numbers are pretty close to um, the true outputs of the function. So this is contrived so that it would work pretty well. And uh, in real life, it doesn't always fit so closely. But if, in general, if your ratios are the same, approximately speaking, then you have a, an exponential function. And you use y equals a b to the x to find the formula.